everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. Every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and we're glad you've joined us. Dr. Linda, unless you've been in a cave or under a rock... Pretty much um, in the pandemic, that well, was the case. <laughs> I was going to say, in case you didn't know, 2020 has been oh, quite the year, Yes, and uh, we're all trying to stay optimistic uh, with all of the change and upheaval. No one would argue that, again, this has been a crazy year and we have faced a few serious things. Yeah, I mean, it really has been. When we thought 2020, we thought clear vision, right? Mm, right. We've had anything but clear vision. And yet, despite all the adversity, we really do want to approach the future with confidence, the confidence that God is in control and is going to help us with whatever our tomorrows hold. So to do this, we thought we'd do a really encouraging show on helping us all be more spiritually resilient. Is that something you coined? I can't take credit for that. Okay, well, let's talk about it anyway. <laughs> well, let's, resilience, let's think about what resilience first is. It's about adapting to adversity, or a lot of people like to think of it like bouncing back. Mm-hmm. I heard a friend of mine give a little talk, and he said, it's like if you throw an egg, you know, it doesn't do much but break. But if you throw a ball, it bounces back. That's resiliency, mm. bouncing back. And certainly our spiritual life is a big part of being spiritually resilient. Faith is just so important to this whole notion of resiliency because it provides a framework that guides us through very painful and even joyful events that happen. And it keeps us positive even during negative experiences. So when you're spiritually resilient, you're able to sustain your sense of self and the purpose that you have in your life and your beliefs really help, as does your biblical worldview. Well, I have this question then for you. Um, What lessons have you learned during the pandemic regarding spiritual resilience? I think one of the most important things I've learned is that you really do have to be more dependent on God. Mm. When, when things are going well, we kind of think, oh, we've got this. We're in control. We can handle things. But certainly when we encounter something like a pandemic and we have very little control over so many parts of our life, it really does push us to pray more, to call on God for help, to really see our need for God in every aspect of our life. So what about you, Chris? Anything come up? Well, it's bizarre because as we got further through the pandemic, I didn't really feel afraid of this whole thing. That's good. And it seems like I was able to, uh, well, I sort of coined a phrase myself, if I can. It says, no fear, just faith. And that's... Oh, it's another one of our t-shirts or bumper there we stickers go. That's that we, right. never, we never seem to do. Yeah, let's put that no on t-shirt. No fear, say it again, no fear, no just fear, faith. No fear, just faith, right. It's good. And that's sort of, uh, sort of the motto for the whole thing was like, look, you know, let's just uh, put our faith where our mouth is. And see what happens. It kind of goes back to that saying, you know, that people say so kind of glibly all the time, God is in control. Mm, right. Well, we know he is. But when you hit something like a pandemic, you really have to decide, do I believe that this is true? And we want to encourage all of you that, yes, it is true. God is still in control. And because of that truth, we can talk about a number of ways that we can stay spiritually resilient during difficult times. And these talking points that we are uh, about to get into here came from a blog that you wrote uh, for BeliefNet, 20 Ways to Be Spiritually Resilient. So let's start with the first one. Teach people about good and evil. And what does that have to do with spiritual resilience? (laughs) It doesn't seem like an obvious connection there. But, you know, if we don't understand what is going on in our world and that there really is a good that God brings to us or evil that is rooted in Satan and that the devil is real and that his minions are real, that we're not just fighting flesh and blood, but we're fighting principalities and powers, 
and evil is at work in our world, that's going to make a big difference in terms of how we face things and how we fight back. It's important to fight the real enemy. And unfortunately, I think what we're seeing, Chris, is a lot of people fighting each other Mm. and not recognizing that there really are spiritual forces at work. So to stay resilient, you need to understand the battle that you're in. And it's our job as parents to teach our kids that there is a real devil whose job is to create havoc on the earth and to Mm. kill and to steal and destroy. He is active every day. And I, I don't think that our kids hear too much about this from parents unless they are actively teaching it. It's such a good point because we don't need to feel frightened in the world today. And if you're a Christian and you can give this perspective to your children, and you can talk about how God is the ultimate superhero, right? He can take down any force. He can do anything. And that he's actually given us authority to overcome evil through his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit that is in us. And he does tell us to overcome evil with good, Mm. which is a little counter the culture right now. But our culture does tend to downplay a real devil And it does downplay that evil is at the root of things. And consequently, I don't think a lot of people are prepared to fight with their weapons of warfare. Mm. You know, one thing I've found that, especially with a really young boy in the house, it's, it's like they have this innate understanding of good versus evil, the superhero versus the villain. You know, it's, they love to do that stuff. So I think the concept of good, evil, and then and devil and a savior if you do it right, you can really get that through to your to your, your young boys, especially. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. It's important. So somewhat related to recognizing that there is evil in the world is this next point. Talk about what is happening in the news and how it impacts the person of faith. Do you talk about the news from a biblical perspective when you're talking with your family? We do. I don't want the kids to be blind to anything. Mm, and so good. many people, I think, try to shelter their kids from all the terrible things going on in the world. And within reason, you have to do that. But at the same time, I don't want them to be in the dark when they come to me and say, hey, who's the Taliban? You know, let's get this out of the way and, and tell them who it is. The issues that we're facing today, I mean, there's so much talk about abortion and other right. things that are culturally hot points. We have to prepare our kids with a biblical worldview and look at what the Bible says, at least what the principle is behind that. It doesn't always, the Bible doesn't always address the very specific issues of today. It's not going to talk about artificial intelligence or something that we're struggling maybe with, but we can talk about the principles and they're not going to hear it now like they used to in school. They're not going to hear a Judeo-Christian perspective. Mm. So you've got to bring it front and center. A lot of people are praying for protection. And most of my friends said that they did read Psalm 91 and Mm. as a family that they were appropriating that word over their household. And it's such a good passage of scripture. It starts with my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Right there, you're setting your mind on the God that you can trust. Psalm 34, seven through nine says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. Well, it doesn't get any clearer than that. One of my favorite scriptures is Isaiah fifty four seventeen, And we actually used to sing this in one of our churches, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. So we used to sing it, no weapon formed against me mm-hmm. will prosper. And it's a great scripture to keep in mind that this is our heritage. God is going to deal with people and things that are so difficult that are evil, but no weapon is going to prosper against me. Well, Dr. Linda, here's one of my favorites is Isaiah 41, 10 through 12. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. Just reading that yeah. encourages me and makes me want to stand up and say, okay, God, you've got mm-hmm. it. And it, it relates to Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. What a great promise from God, no matter what is going on. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. Wow, I am already encouraged by the scriptures and the confidence we have in God to keep us resilient. There is more to come on the spiritual resiliency on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today we are talking about spiritual resilience, and we have a lot more to talk about, but before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you can find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. Her latest book is co-authored with physician James Cribbs. It's called Living Beyond Pain. It's a book to help anyone deal with chronic pain. And you can also listen to and share our podcast on iTunes anytime. It's kind of hard to get away from you, Dr. Linda. I know, but, you know, we have a good time on the on these shows, and, right. and then you can listen to them anytime you want, and you can share them with anybody who needs the, some encouragement. And mm-hmm. this is a good one. You can share this with anybody. Right. We all need spiritual encouragement. Well, let's talk about how to overcome fear during a time of pandemic and unrest in our country, because it's easy to give in to that if you aren't intentional with your faith. A lot of people are feeling fatigued by all the problems that have been in the news for months and months and months. Mm. And we need to be intentional, like you said, Chris, about handling fear and anxiety as they're both somewhat normal to some of the experiences that we're having. But to be spiritually resilient, you have to know how to deal with both of those so that you're not overwhelmed or overtaken by them. You know, Dr. Linda, Philippians 4, 6 through 9 is a great prescription for combating fear and anxiety. It is prescriptive. Let's go through that step by step. First, you thank God for all that he's done. Then you talk to him. That's prayer. Then you tell him your request. That's what's called supplication in that scripture. Finally, you meditate on things that are noble, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, and praiseworthy. And the result of all of that is a peace that guards our hearts and our mind. See, the part about meditation on good things is challenging these days because we see so many problems and unrest around us. I think we can get fixated on the bad stuff. Which is why you have to be intentional about this. When, you, when you mean fear, I have to put in some effort? You have to, you uh. have to direct your mind <laughs> to the things that are positive. So what happens is when fear enters your mind, you just reappraise that thought using a faith lens and use one of these verses. There's a lot of verses where you can take a fearful thought and you can take that thought and say, okay, that thought is not actually true. Here's what's true. Second Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I can say that. That's my antidote to my fearful thought. Or I might use 1 John four eighteen and say, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. 
Fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Or the one I quoted before, be strong and courageous. You know, that is a good way to say, I'm not going to be fearful. I'm going to be strong, courageous. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God goes with you. And again, he will never leave you or forsake you. Those are great promises. You know, one thing I've found that helps me when, when things get difficult or challenging, you have something in front of you, you say, how, how am I going to do this? Is just to take the action. Because God has said, hey, look, I've got this. You just take the steps and I'll, I'll, I'll lead the way. And doing something active really does help distract your mind away from fearful thoughts. So if you're someone who could make a mask or make a bunch of masks, remember how everybody was making masks Mm. at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. pandemic, or they were getting groceries for somebody that's elderly, or they were doing a Zoom Bible study, whatever it is that takes your mind off the problem and puts it on serving other people, that is really a good step to staying resilient. And I think if you keep your mind open to those opportunities, this guy came across me at, at a, a, a Home Depot one time, and I ended up helping him out you know, with some money. Man, I lived off of that for a week. You know, God just took that and said you know, it, was, it, was like a, it was a real high point. Because you were serving somebody else. And so doing things like even writing letters to the healthcare professionals that have been on the front line are probably exhausted, but know that there's a lot more to do in terms of the pandemic, providing supplies to homeless people during this time, volunteering, any way that you can show the love of Christ in a really tangible, maybe even sacrificial way. When you take action, you're distracting yourself from thinking too much about what's the stress that is bothering you, it helps the brain to focus on doing something away from sitting and thinking about how bad everything is. Speaking of which, here's an action you can take. Turn your phone off and limit your exposure to bad news. That seems so right in your face, but a lot of people don't do it. Reading those story after story about how people die in the in the pandemic, I read this one. It was this really long account of how this woman did everything perfect, and she didn't think she was exposed to anybody, and she got exposed. She got really sick, and she almost died. Mm. And all it did at the end of the story, it just created a lot of fear in me yeah. because I was thinking, well, how did she get it? And in the end of the article was, we don't know. She just got sick. Mm-hmm. So it didn't help me at all. So I think any time you can... Cut those kinds of stories. You can limit your exposure to graphic images of violence because that can create trauma for you as well. Just take a break from the 24-hour sources of trauma coverage and social media. One of the most important spiritual resiliency actions is to stay in community during times that are difficult, which is hard now because we're being told to stay away from each other. But when you're in community, you can share concerns among Christians who can comfort and pray with you. Have you been able to do that? Yeah, yeah, I've been able to get to work, and uh, we we are staying somewhat busy at church, so yeah, that is there. And a lot of people are doing the online thing uh, with Bible studies and their churches and Zoom meetings. And I do think that a lot of my non-Christian friends can be somewhat positive Mm -hmm. and they can be encouraging, but it's not the same as when you share that spiritual Right root together and you really can uplift each other in the words of the scripture or just understanding the basis of the power of the Holy Spirit in us. That makes such a difference. Our small group at church actually voted to uh, stop it with the Zoom meetings. Really? (laughs) Because everyone was saying, hey, we do this all day at work. This is just a little bit much. So we are scheduling some outside activities to get together and say enough with the computer screens for now. And uh, hopefully that works out. It it does get tiring to be on all these screens and not to be with people, but Mm -hmm. it's part of what we've had to do. 
like you've already said, Christian community is one of the greatest supports uh, during times of, un of unrest. That's why we've talked about so much scripture. Right. Another strategy is to take care of your physical body during times of stress. You know, this is my thing I talk about all the time on our show. Uh, here we go. Here we go again. What are we going to say? <laughs> Get enough sleep, eat well, exercise. And in the pandemic, there was a lot of talk about taking vitamin D, C, and zinc as building your immune system a bit. What about getting out into the sun more? Will that work? Well, that helps. That's the vitamin D. So if you're in a sunny climate, that really mm -hmm. does help. What it's doing is it's building your immune system so that you're staying on, in your top physical shape during times of stress. This is one that is just awful on my mother-in-law because she's such a give you a big hug type of person. What about the power of touch? Touching people actually does something in the body, in the what we call the parasympathetic uh, system that really calms us down when we're in a sort of fight or flight stress mm -hmm. mode. When you engage with people, that is actually a calming, and especially when you physically touch. So much of this now is you're not being physically affectionate with other people in your family. You can't touch them because you're in mm -hmm. quarantine. Feel so bad, like we've said many times, for the elderly who can't be hugged and touched and helped with everything. Touch is very reassuring. It makes us feel connected. So touch the people that you can, that you love and can be supportive of. Don't stay physically isolated in your own home. As we uh, go to the break, one thing we want to talk about, too, is relaxation exercises. And Dr. Linda, you've talked about deep breathing and guided imagery and progressive muscle relaxation. Progressive muscle relaxation, I think, works very well. But uh, what is guided imagery? That's just where you imagine yourself in a field, going to a really beautiful place in a pond or a forest or maybe at the beach. You'd create a scene in your mind and you mm -hmm. kind of take yourself there. Some people do that with heaven. They think about the images that are presented in Revelation and they imagine walking on streets of gold and right. all the different things that they can see. You could uh, imagine yourself in the studio on the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and that's very relaxing. <laughs> We'd have to put a video of us in the studio <laughs> to imagine. That's right. And, you know, the last one before we go to a break, Chris, is that we, we really do need to make time for some laughter and play because both of those are stress reducers. Poor Norm, he has played more games of Yahtzee with me. <laughs> oh, this is such a loud game, too. It is, but it's one you can play with two people. So we're the only two in the house, so we have to, you know, it's harder to play other games. Board games are really require a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. But that's really helped, and we can laugh about it. Well, on that note, let's take a quick break. More on spiritual resiliency on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Dr. Linda, one of our listeners asked this question. Sometimes I'm so overcome with worry and anxiety that I, I think I'm losing my mind. Seems I've tried everything from drugs to meditation. Why doesn't anything work? Well, I'm so sorry that your life seems so unmanageable and overwhelming. Too often, though, it does seem nearly impossible to live in peace and contentment because of all the craziness in our world. Did you know that God's plan for handling worry is so simple and yet so perfect that you can begin using it today? Did you know that starting right now, you can begin to cultivate a worry-free life? These aren't pie-in-the-sky promises. They're God's prescription for you to thrive and to soar past your anxiety and worries. Try this. The next time you begin to feel overwhelmed by life's pressures and worry clouds your mind with negative thoughts and depression, say what King David prayed. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Remind yourself that my heart trusts in Him and I am helped. I have so much more good news for you. I hope you'll find it in my book, Letting Go of Worry. Thanks, Dr. Linda. Now that's great advice. You can find God's plan for your peace and contentment in Dr. Linda's book, Letting Go of Worry. It's available wherever you buy your books online. 
From the moment we're born, we're in relationship. At first, we depend on others to take care of us, to meet all of our needs. Then as we grow older, we make friends, we meet school teachers, later a boss at work and a spouse at home. Every relationship is important. Every relationship requires cultivation and nurturing. And at some point or another, every relationship has its challenges and they revolve around conflict. Did you know that you can grow through conflict and become such a healthier you than you ever expected? Well, I want to help you look at conflict in new ways, to approach conflict in ways that work. My book, We Need to Talk, can help you become a better problem solver, learn to negotiate differences, and strengthen all relationships even when conflict seems destructive. Well, let's face it, conflict is an unavoidable part of our everyday life. But conflict doesn't have to overwhelm you or destroy your relationships. We Need to Talk, an important book by Dr. Linda Mental, is written to help you successfully navigate conflict. Find We Need to Talk wherever you buy books online. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Her latest is Living Beyond Pain. It's a book to help anyone living with pain get their life back with practical tools that are not related to taking drugs. Check out our website, drlindamental.com. That's where you will find the book, Living Beyond Pain. And you can also connect with Dr. Linda on social media. And don't forget about the podcast on iTunes. So we were laughing during the breaks because you keep calling me Dr. Mental. Mental. <laughs> Mental. <laughs> and we kept doing it over and over. So you got it right. right but you know what? A lot of people say Dr. Mental. Really? Yeah. The teenagers love that. They think it's the first time I've ever heard it. Right. And they'll go, I'm seeing Dr. Mental. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds that a, a psychologist will yeah, marry someone? I know. I married into it. Right. I married into it. Blame Norm. <laughs> well, today... Today's topic is spiritual resiliency, and you know, one of the emotions that we see more and more is anger. Anger at injustice, at the police, at the government, and anger at people who disagree. Anger just because you can't do things the way you want to do them, and we have to wear a mask or we're being forced inside. It's just making people angry. And anger's a normal reaction to things that feel very out of control, and all those things you talked about have that feeling of losing control, right? So sometimes it just feels protective to be angry because if you're not angry, then you're being very vulnerable with how maybe hurt or scared you might be underneath. But that emotion of anger needs to be handled according to biblical principles. Speaking of that, you wrote a book, a very helpful small book on this topic. It's called Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness. And it goes through a biblical way to handle anger and if you know someone struggling with this, the book is available on Amazon and costs less than a cup of coffee. It's very inexpensive. It's small. It's a small book. You would like it, although there are no pictures. Ah, I was going to say, are there pictures <laughs> there in this book? There are no pictures, but it's, it's pocket size, and it's very practical. It incorporates biblical principles with the psychology stuff that we know. And really, if you think about what the Bible has to say, here are the quick guidelines, Chris. You don't want to vent. Well, we see a lot of venting, don't we? That's what, social media. that's what Facebook's all about. Yeah, <laughs> all the social media is venting. Uh, you need to be quick to listen, which we're not mm. seeing too much of these days. Right. Slow to speak, slow to become angry. And the Bible tells us to stop and think and not get caught up in name-calling, not to stay angry with people. And the Bible even talks about not associating with angry people. First Peter 5, 7 says, anger should never be used to hurt people. And then along with anger often comes offense 
and not forgiving those who have hurt or offended you. This is where a faith response pushes us not to be more violent and not to hold on to hate or offense. And a faith response can be radically different from what we see on the news. That's the thing. If you come at somebody from with a biblical perspective, they're going to say, what? Right. Turning the other cheek, not mm. too popular. But you can work for justice and you can call out evil, but we are to forgive those who have hurt us and even pray for our enemies. These are the words of Jesus. This doesn't mean we agree with what they did to us or we don't try to stop people from being hurtful or doing things that are very, you know, violent to people. But we cannot harbor unforgiveness in our hearts, nor can we forget that God loves all of his creation and he wishes that none would perish. With all of the racial unrest, uh, forgiveness should be a mark of the Christian. But it may be hard to get forgiveness when you've been really hurt or offended by someone. Honestly, forgiveness is much more about a choice that you make, and then God helps you through that process. A part of our spiritual resiliency, though, is that we have to forgive, and we have to do it often. If not, it can really stop us from walking in the freedom that we have in the Spirit, regardless of what is happening around us. And all of this relates back to our coping skills and how those are impacted by our faith. Pay attention to your coping responses. How do you respond to stress? How do you respond to loss? Because as you grieve recent events, we move from shock and denial to anger, depression, fear, confusion, irritability, and a whole bunch of emotions. Understand that this process of grieving doesn't come in consecutive stages, but these emotions are revisited. Past losses or trauma may intensify your reactions, and you may need counseling, or you might need some type of pastoral care. So ultimately, Our best coping and response is to have faith in God. Faith is what we don't see right now. And at times in our culture, we see evil winning, but God ultimately is going to triumph. And the church needs to be active, not apathetic in prayer, fasting, and showing the love of Christ. How are we different because of Christ's love in us? So our question for you today is, are you practicing spiritual resilience? Are you putting on the full armor of God. Let me close with that scripture because this is how we prepare. This is how we fight. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend. 
and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.